Uh, this weekend, as you've been gathering, uh, is uh, week two in a series we started last weekend, the first Sunday after Easter, entitled Gifted for More. And I don't know how many times so far people have been asking me, Mike, are those your shoes like in this picture? And the answer is no, but they look a lot like Steve Hike's shoes. So if you see Steve, you'll look at his feet and you'll understand what I mean. Just, just go check it out. He's got some sweet new kicks. But um, actually, Keith Raimondi just found this somewhere online. That's, that's as much as I know. Okay? So uh, the point's not the shoes. The point is how God has uniquely made each and every one of us, every girl, boy, woman, and man, his unique set of gifts, interests, talents, passions, and abilities created by God, planted in them by God for a purpose. And so last weekend, if you weren't here, that's where we started, that we are created by God. He is the great giver. He has given us forgiveness and life. He has turned graves into gardens. He has rescued us from the dominion and the power of death and darkness and brought us into light. This weekend, uh, we're going to focus on the natural skills and interests and abilities that we have. We've started to touch on that a little bit already. And then next weekend, and for the remainder of the series, we're going to look specifically at the bit what the Bible calls spiritual gifts. And that would be a unique uh, blessing, gift, favor, grace that God has given you in your baptism when you came to faith in Jesus by the power of the word and through the water of baptism. You have something unique to you that the Bible wants you to know about too. Okay, so we're going to come to that in just a moment. But for today, we're looking at what God has planted in us in our DNA or through our formative experiences in life, whether it was growing up or going to school or through uh, life, uh, a lifetime of learning. And many of you know, for Team Griner, the focus has been in the last several months, especially uh, on uh, what we are doing with our home. Right? So if you've never been to our house, last summer, this is what you would have seen driving up to 495 Bernard Drive. And here's a picture of what it looks like I took yesterday morning, right? So uh, yeah, God is good. We're thankful for that. Uh, so this is uh, our home for the last 15 years. It's where we've raised our kids, and we're super excited to make it the best that it can be. So you can see we've added some dormers and a front porch. The upstairs are down to the studs inside and out. We added on the back as well. And honestly, could not have done any of this if it hadn't been for some of the formative experiences in my childhood, my dad, and my family teaching us how to do whatever we could around the house and with the extra help of a lot of friends and family. So here are a few of the work crews that came last fall uh, with some of the construction phase, building the addition off the back of the house uh, or tearing out the front uh, of the house to add our dormers. We got Dan and we got Joe, who's here this morning. I didn't tell you you were going to be on the screen. He's like, oh, no, don't point attention to me, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, we figured out everything from how to extend a roof line uh, to install this double French door slider system which was the door of our dreams, and it weighed a ton. So hopefully, or thankfully, we had a couple friends to be able to help on that day. Uh, we've replaced all but two windows in the house. The last two are in our guest bedroom where we're living for now. Uh, and so we had to learn how to install windows and get them to flash and drain properly. And we've been doing other things to frame and extend the house. There's Bob Flubacher. Some of you know he's the architect from St. Peter who's been coaching and helping us along the way as well. Um, and we do this because our family dream and our vision is to be the brightest house in the block. And we want to use this place that we call home to be a place of generosity and hospitality towards our neighbors and friends in the community. And that usually takes the form, I'll show you in a minute, of delicious food. 
But there are a few more things I wanted to show you. Here, Jonathan's with me one day. We rented this super cool digger thing. Do you remember that day, Jonathan? That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to learn how to drive that, dig a whole bunch of stuff in my backyard. We were burying the power lines and the cable lines and then prepping for a patio. That was cool. And uh, I forgot I had these in here. And then we demolished our chimney. That was a fun day. I'd never done that before. But uh, we got a new hot water heater, one of the tankless kinds, and a new... There, it's amazing. Yeah, and a new furnace that they're all high efficiency, so we didn't need the chimney anymore. So thanks to my kids, by the way, Ava and Drew, they helped get the bricks into the dumpster officially as of yesterday. Anyway, so what I was going to, though, is, is we use it to bless others, usually through food. And uh, Sarah described Debbie as having uh, a green thumb. Sarah also has a gift of hospitality. So usually this food uh, is a gift that we love to share with our friends and neighbors, often over fire often delicious ribeye steaks from our local Aldi, or you can see some asparagus. And I love to make artisan-style bread uh, at home as well, right? So I just tell you this because these are a few of the gifts and talents, the passions that Team Griner has, and how we're putting them to use, especially as we seek to connect with people who are close to us but far from Jesus that live somewhere around 495 Bernard Drive in Buffalo Grove. Uh, the work of the house isn't done. We still got a lot of work to go, but we are blessed with the progress, and we're excited that the end is is not too far in the future. Now, let's tie this together with our verse from Colossians earlier in the service. Uh, you heard it read before. McKenna did a great job. Let's read this out loud together. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, Paul says this at the end of a beautiful paragraph. If you want to go home and read it, it's awesome, where he talks about uh, using the fruits of the Spirit, putting them into practice in our life, and letting the word of Christ dwell within us richly as we admonish and instruct and encourage each other with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And then he lands it with this verse, which I find profound. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Have you ever considered that your everyday ordinary life is interesting to God and is useful for him in his ongoing work in this world? All right. What that means is that there's literally nothing that you put your hand to, nothing that you get excited about or interested in, that isn't also part of his plan and his presence in the world. Whatever you do or say has the opportunity to bring glory and honor to him when you do it in the name of Jesus and for the good of others. And there's literally nothing that's part of who you are that is wasted in this plan of God for his work in the world. And it's been this way from the very beginning. Let me take you back to Genesis chapter 4. You may know some of the story of Genesis. God creates the world. He creates Adam and Eve. He plants them in the garden, the Garden of Eden. Uh, and he says, go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and as I like to translate it, take good care of it. And Adam and Eve, we're told, uh, had a family. And the first two that we know of that were born to them were Cain and Abel. You may know those names. Um, what you may not know is they tell us, the Bible tells us exactly what kind of job and occupation and skill they had. Abel, we're told, was a keeper of sheep, and Cain, a worker of the ground. Now, this is already in Genesis chapter 4, which tells us 
that from the very beginning, God created domestic animals for humans to take good care of and to make good use of. And the way I imagine this taking place is that sometime in those early years, whether it was with Adam and Eve or also with Cain and Abel and anyone else who would pay attention to him, God would go with them out into the world and say, hey, tell you what, this over here, it's a cow. And here's the most amazing thing. If you take the milk from this cow, you can drink it, and it's delicious. And even better, you can turn it into cheese. Any cheese fans in the room, right? Right? And tell you what, there's another thing you wouldn't notice on the surface, but there's this piece of the cow called a ribeye, and it's delicious, right? <laughs> just wait until you try it, right? Uh, and it wasn't just the animals, right? But it was also the plants of the ground. God, I could imagine taking his humans around saying, hey, tell you what, this right over here, this is called corn. And, and here's how it works. It's going to grow up, and round about the 4th of July, now that didn't exist quite the same way back then, but round about the 4th of July, you're going to take that, and you're going to barbecue with it, and you're going to put some butter and some salt and pepper maybe on it, and it's going to be amazing. It'll get stuck in your teeth, but it'll be worth it, right? Because it tastes like sunshine in your mouth, right? Everything God had made, he had created with a purpose. The plants of the field, the beasts of the field, everything, and humankind also uniquely gifted to make use of it, to create beautiful things, and, and to do constructive things with all that God had made. Now, this continues also in the rest of chapter 4. You may not know these names as well, but these are the three sons of Cain that we know about from the Bible. The first is Jabal. He was a nomadic herdsman. Genesis chapter 4, verse 20, tells us he was the father of all those who dwell in tents and have a livestock. And so if you like to go camping, right, maybe there's some roots back in the family of Jabal, right? Or if you know someone who has taken care of sheep or goats or whatever other livestock might be, uh, that has its roots all the way back in the beginning. Jabal had a brother, Jubal. Apparently they weren't creative with names quite yet, right? Uh, Jubal, in verse 21, we're told, was the father of all who play the lyre and the pipe. So for our crew up front who likes to make beautiful music and they do a great job, or if you have a passion for playing the keys or the drums or writing music, that also is a gift of God. And it goes back to the very beginning. And Jabal and Jubal had another brother, Tubal Cain. We're told he was a forger of instruments of bronze and iron. He loved to create beautiful things out of metal, maybe uh, beautiful utensils for use in the home. Uh, or for weapons of war, or to go hunting, or just beautiful jewelry that could be worn by those who take delight in it. He was a forger of things out of metal. So all the way back in the very beginning, we're told, in the very earliest history of humankind, God planted all of these amazing, diverse skills and passions and abilities to make use of what was already here on the planet for the good of human life and for the glory of God. And the story simply continues as you roll through Scripture. I've always wanted to preach on this, so I made sure to fit it in this weekend. Exodus chapter 31 tells us about two guys uh, and the unique gifts that they had and how it was planned by God for them to use them to create what was called the tabernacle, a, a movable place of worship where God's people could meet with him while the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness and entering the promised land before the temple was built in Jerusalem. Here's what God says to Moses. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur. If you like the story Ben-Hur, this is like the real legit son of the sun, 
of Hur, Ben-Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now that's notable. You notice how it's in capital S, Spirit of God? This seems to be a direct reference to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, dwelling uniquely in this guy, Bezalel, in order that he might do what God had uniquely created him to do. Uh, there's not a lot of people in the Bible who are, we're told, literally have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, but we are promised that all of us, by faith, have the Spirit of God within us. The Spirit of God has given Bezalel the ability and intelligence with knowledge and craftsmanship specifically to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, in bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and carving wood to work in every craft. So maybe as you were sharing with those who you're with, maybe you have a passion for uh, art, drawing, painting, oil pastels. Maybe you like to do woodworking uh, or create other beautiful artistic expressions. That too makes the list of the unique skills and interests that God has given to humankind and he wants to put to use. Like I said, Bezalel had a companion. His name was Oholiab. And what scripture tells us is he was appointed as well to be part of the unique gifted craftsman for the creation of this beautiful tent where God would dwell with his people. And he says, I have given to all able men the ability that they may make all I have commanded you. And so what we're told then is the spirit of God dwells within us as human beings and calls up out of us unique gifts for God's purposes. Here, a couple chapters earlier in Exodus 28, you shall speak to all the skillful whom I've filled with the spirit of skill. Notice, notice that's a lowercase s, probably a less of a reference to the Holy Spirit and more just the sense of all of the gifts, talents, talents, passions, abilities. They're part of what God has gifted us with. That they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. So if you can sew or knit or darn a sock. I don't know if anyone does that anymore, right? Uh, or if you can quilt or do anything with fabric, that means you make the list too. You have a unique skill, passion, and ability that God has granted to you, just like the craftsman making the garments for Aaron and the other priests. Now, there are other gifts that God has given to us as well that fall in this category of natural gifts. Take a look at this, Deuteronomy 34. Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Maybe you know the story of Moses and Joshua. Moses led the people out of Egypt up to the promised land, but it was Joshua's job to lead them in and take possession of it. And so Joshua uh, had the spiritual gift of leadership and wisdom, or the natural gift, I should say, of leadership and wisdom, and God used that for the purposes of helping guide his people. So if you're the person in the room when your team has a project and somebody has to take charge and they're like, all right, well, you lead the way, that's you. You have a natural gifting of leadership. Or if you're the one that wants to run point on your team or you want to control the strategy when your team is playing a game, that is a natural gift that God has granted to you as well. And we got one more stop before we're done with our uh, examples from Scripture. I couldn't pass up on this one because I always quote from my book when I can, right? Uh, Micah 3, verse 8, But as for me, I am filled with power and with the Spirit of the Lord. Notice, capital S again. And with justice and might to declare J to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Right? The prophet Micah 
And maybe some of you have the gift where you're called to use words creatively for God's purposes. Maybe you have the ability to speak persuasively or in front of a large group. Some of you are like, I would die rather than get up in front of a group of people, right? That's not your gift, so don't worry. Somebody else has it, right? But if that's your gift, that makes the list as well. Now, I show you all of these because what we know to be true is that each and every one of you, you may not have seen yourself in these examples, but you also have a natural set of gifts, talents, interests, and abilities that has been within you from either the day you were born, it's part of your DNA, it was taught you early on, or you learned it along the way. Whatever they are, they are not yours on accident, but they are gifts of God to you for you to use for the good of your family, your friends, neighbors, those close to you from far from Jesus. And when you do it in the name of Jesus, you do it in a way that honors and glorifies him as well. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to continue to chew on this and think about this. We'll have some questions a little later on during our here and practice time where you can discuss it with others. Uh, but we also have a tool we'd love for you to use uh, to share with us and discover for yourself more clearly your unique natural gifts. Uh, and so on this website, fulllifeinchrist.org slash gifted, we've got all sorts of resources there that you can put to use. Also, after the service, you'll receive a little blue card like this. On there is a link to a website, everygift.org, and a QR code, if that's easier for you, to take a simple, it's like five minutes or less, online inventory to help discern what are some of your natural gifts and abilities. If you do that, and you use the code SAINTPETERAH, it's written here on the card, uh, that will send us a report that we can begin to celebrate as a faith community uh, to discover the unique gifts and interests that our people have as well. All throughout the rest of the series, uh, we'll have someone out in the lobby after our services to talk with you more about this if you're curious about how God has uniquely gifted you and then how you can put it to use for the good of others as well. Uh, but today, our thought, and we'll just finish with this here, is to, is to reflect on the beauty and the wonder of the natural gifts God has given us, our interests, talents, passions, and abilities that come from him and that he's interested in using for his work in the world for the good of others and for his glory.